Big Blue Nation, this is the Courtside Connect, your go-to podcast for all things Kentucky basketball and formerly Kentucky basketball's quickest game review podcast. We've been a little slow recently, but we're going to try to get back. Um, Scott, how is it back to be looking at the best hair on Twitter through our Zoom call right Here now? How are you doing? fucking go. It's, it's, it's good, though, dude. I, I missed it. Um, we've been busy and... You know, it's the last semester, so we'll be back doing our thing. I know you guys missed my terrible voice, but um, yeah, I'm excited. And yeah, I'm excited to well, talk about some things that aren't great, but yeah, it's happy to be. I'm just happy to be back. We could not possibly have like less fun topics to talk about. Maybe fun, maybe fun for you as a... Uh very big cow lover that this will be difficult to talk about um but we'll see your take on it i know you disagree with me a little bit on it but starting off oh my goodness this alabama game i guess we're a game review podcast we got to talk about it hopefully not for too long but um i i remember when we were literally planning this episode i'm like dude i'm like speechless i have nothing to say i'm just gonna listen <laughs> to you rant for it for like half an hour and that'll just be our episode but i've yeah. gotten i've gotten some thoughts um Game started out bad, but then, like, we switched to, like, what seemed to be a better game plan, which was put Damien Collins at center to kind of help on defense, and they stopped scoring. There was a point where neither of us were scoring, and I was, like, 19 to 18 with, like, six minutes left in half. I remember literally saying, I was at Cats Coverage Watch Party, shout out to Cats Coverage team, Um, but I was literally, I was talking with the people around me, and I was just like, one of these teams is going to go on, like, a shooting spree, if it's Kentucky, I think they have a good chance to win. If it's Alabama, then Kentucky's going to lose. If we go down like by more than six or seven and a half, I think we were like at five with like four minutes to go. If we go down more than that, we're not going to be able – we're just not scoring enough. Our offense is not good enough to be able to keep up with Alabama because Alabama is not going to shoot bad for forever. And that's what happened. It was really close to the end of the half, and we were like down five – um, Alabama hits a three, gets an and one. We don't score. We go down 11. I'm like, that's the game right there. And I kind of like mentally checked out and I continue to more and more and more mentally check out um, just as the score got worse and worse. It was just a really bad watching experience. Um, nothing really looked well. The offense looked bad. The defense looked good to start. And then we kind of switched off of that and Alabama started hitting. Like, I don't even think Alabama played that good offensively and they still put no. like, what, 80 on us? It was just a disaster. Yeah. And to lose, I know Alabama's the number seven team. I know it was probably a hostile environment being Kentucky. It's everyone's Super Bowl. I get it. But this is the third time we've gone into someone else's arena and just completely got ran off the court. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. No excuse for it. It's um that game kind of I didn't have a well, actually that's a lie. I actually thought like we could beat him. Um because I think Alabama, they're very streaky. And the way that our offense looked kind of the past, like the LSU game prior to the last 10 minutes of that game gave me a lot of hope. Um, and then we just terrible coaching in terms of the offensive game plan. Uh, and shout out to NATO. It's like 
if if you're an opposing head coach and you're listening to this amazing podcast, just simply pack the paint because we have a big man that doesn't know how to pass, nor does I think has the desire to pass the ball when he gets it down low. Um, and our spacing is so poor. We have Oscar down low. We have three guys on the perimeter that are around like three feet separated from each other. It's not a very good, it's, it's bad coaching. It's bad play all around. Um, I'd like to say shout out to severe Wheeler, my boy. Um, he was really good. He kept us in the game as much as he like literally could, I guess. And then, you know, and he was, he was still fighting towards the end. Like he picked up the double technical. That was pretty cool to see. Like he wasn't going to take shit. And like, I like that. Like, but everyone else, like Oscar, I could not be more disappointed in this whole year, frankly. Um, it's it, the, the, the part where it, towards the end of the game where he smokes a layup and then he looks at the bench and throws his hands in the air. He's been doing that so much this year. And it's, I think it kind of just shows like where the team's at mentally when things get rough, it's, oh, I throw my hands in the air. Like I complain, I, I moan and you can't see that out of your best player. Um, but from top to bottom, from from coaching from, to, to the players, like, it's been a mess this whole year, especially that game. And, like, I genuinely don't even know who our best player is at this point. Like, you can make the argument it's Oscar. You can make the argument it's Severe Wheeler as of late. You can make the argument it's, like, I don't even know. Like, case, like it could be anyone. It's it's very concerning. Last game, it was most certainly Severe Wheeler. I'm glad you brought that up. The lone good performance we saw from that game i th- I thought reeves was decent i like how reeves like he reeves was gonna was, shoot reeves was decent at least he was sh- again at least he was shooting um he wasn't really making until the very end he hit a couple of garbage threes at the end but what, whatever um that was like we always talk about because you're a very big cyber wheeler defender i that's probably what i i first associate with you when it turns like all right what is what is like what is scott's relationship with the basketball team it's like he's the cyber wheeler defender um but um like a lot of people that are like oh wheeler is just like chucking up bad shots at the end of the shot clock and it's like you wonder why because the offense didn't (laughs) do something sometimes it's like well yeah wheeler didn't make a good play there and sometimes like wheeler had no choice it was never more obvious than last game that that's what was happening like it was literally just like four people standing and ball watching and like not even trying to cut not trying to set screens and it was like it felt like I was watching like the Atlanta Hawks where it's like four guys standing around and then it's like all right Trey Young just go chuck up a 30 footer but instead of a guy that could hit 30 footers you have Savir Wheeler who is known for playmaking getting in the paint it's like he was getting in the paint and like hitting good floaters like he was getting jump shots and like they were bad shots but there were better shots than anyone else was even trying to attempt. I mean, just the issue with like what that, you just said. Yeah. That is the issue, and it, like I, I give a lot of credit to Xavier Wheeler because it is super frustrating to be. And I've, I've said it before. I think maybe we should try to run more Kaysen at the point. I'm not sure if that works anymore. We'll talk about that more. Um, I think. I'm like, maybe we should try to move Savir like off the ball. Like, cause I feel like when he's ball dominant, it limits our offense just because he's not a guy that's going to go drop 15 a game. But anyways, um, you know how frustrating it is to be the only guy in offense that ever moves. And you're just the one standing with the ball and you're just forced to take bad. And you're forced to work. You're forced to drive into the paint and have to put up shots over a seven footer as a five, nine guy. And that's your only form of offense. Like and two- no one's, 
two no seven footers. Yeah. No one's playing offense. No one's playing defense. And you're the only guy with energy in the second half. I'm glad he picked up the double tech and I'm glad you brought it up because that was the smallest resemblance of life that we saw in the second half. And as frustrated as he was, he was the one still fighting the hardest. He was. Um, so yeah, shout out Cyber Wheeler. Um, Kaysen, one of 13. Oscar, one of seven. Toppin, one of 10. Combining for three of 30. Those should be your top three scoring options on offense. I mean, Wheeler, he's not a, he's a top three offensive option, but in terms of like scoring the ball, it should be Kaysen, Toppin, and Oscar. It should be your five-star freshman, your top five freshman. And it should be the two returning guys that could have probably went to the NBA, but said, no, I want to come back and be a lottery pick. They're not playing like lottery picks. None of them. And I give Kaysen a little pass because he's been good and he's, I'm not sure can, Cal knows how to use him yet. I'm not sure. Like, I think he's being asked to do too much. I think like when he came in, it was like, all right, Shaden, you're going to take all the shots and Kaysen, you're going to be like DeAndre Liggins. You're going to defend. You're going to space the floor. You're going to be like option 2A or 2B on offense, whatever. And now he's just like, all right, Kaysen, if you don't score, the whole offense looks like shit. And that just sucks. Um, but like, Toppin looked like he was turning the corner. He had another bad game. Oscar, I think, played as bad of a game as I've seen in a Kentucky uniform. Oh, yeah. It was was bad. It was bad. And I think a lot of people want to pinpoint on one thing. It was like, oh, it was Kaysen shooting. It was Oscar's bad play. It's Cal's game plan. I think in the beginning of the year, it could be like, all right, game number one, Savir and Kaysen missed free throws. We would have won if they made them. Whatever. Move on. Um we would have beat UCLA, but we missed every single wide open jump shot we took, you know, so it's whatever. Um, Gonzaga, it was just a bad game plan. Cal didn't have these ready, guys ready to go. The guys didn't play hard. And you could pinpoint on one thing. It's getting to the point where if you look at the Mizzou game, you look at the end of the LSU game, you look at um, this game at Alabama, there are so many things wrong. There's no longer like a scapegoat. You can't be like, oh, sovereign. No, like the whole team is becoming – a very, very, I don't want to say failure yet because the season's not over, but it's trending to be toward their, what their performance to this date so far has been a failure. It's been bad. You can't have that. And there's no longer one thing. And the things are piling up. And they're never the same things. So I don't know. There's no fix. There's no tweak. This team just somehow needs something to go away and get some momentum and get things going away because it's just not looking good right now. I mean, I've seen so many things People say, like, oh, this roster isn't talented. That's bullshit. Like, I can't stress it enough how bullshit that is. Oscar Shibway is the reigning unanimous national player of the year. You have a Koozie Award finalist at point guard. You have five former top 50 guys who are all now upperclassmen outside of, like, if you want to say upperclassmen as a sophomore, we'll go along with that. So, um, and then you have, like, Chris, Kaysen. Um, you have a Dutier who's just, like, this budding you know, guy like budding flower who's just kind of coming to his own. Um, and then you have two high impact trans like CJ Frederick was the best shooter in America. Um, Antonio Reeves was a highly coveted transfer. This team is talented out the ass. Like it is extremely talented. People are like, oh, well, they're not five stars. So you got to give caliber. No, that's garbage. This the team- roster is a bad fit, I think yeah. you could say. And I think. As a coach, you have to adapt to your player. Like the best coaches or the good coaches at least adapt to their players. Um, and 
So let me I'm, let me ask you this then, not to cut you off, but how would you adapt to this team's players right now? Given the roster that we have, we can't change it. We can't go, you know, trade a couple future first rounders for like a, a wing at the deadline. We have to do with what we're doing. How, how, what are you doing if you're Cal right now? To, to lack of a better term, tweak it. What what are you doing to help your players I out? Stop playing three forwards because that is, it's atrocious offensively. But um, so who I, are your who are your rotation guards then? Because we don't have that many. If you don't count Chris Livingston as a guard, which I don't well, think. Well, so does. I'll go. Because I mean, I'll go. My starting lineup would be Severe, Case, and Reeves, uh, Toppin, Oscar, or Livingston, Oscar. It just depends on which one of the two are playing better. Uh, you look okay. at ninth to the the nineteen twenty year. We didn't have a backup point guard. No. We we ran three guards, and if one was tired, then you know Juzang would come in, and then. And then eventually they'd all get their, their breath back. But so I think you might have to do that for a while. And then CJ is coming back in two weeks or around that time. So you'll have an extra guard on the bench plus a do. So you're more than fine there. Um, and I think you got to cut either Uganda's minutes. Cause like he hasn't been good. Like defensively as of late, he just hasn't been the presence that we need him to be. Um, he's better than what we thought he would be, but yeah. he's still not what we need from him. Exactly. And that I get people are like, well, he wasn't supposed to do anything this year. So we should play. No, that's not how that works. Like I don't care. You could be 12 years old and playing for a concession. Like I need you to be good. Uh, and, um, it's either you cut his minutes, you cut, I, I would run, I would Jeff, I would just run the starting five that I had. And then a do CJ off the bench with Collins and, Topping, Topping slash Livingston as the backup four. Because I think those are your best options both on both sides of the ball. Um, so I think that's what I would do. But I just think no matter what tweak you do, it doesn't matter until the coach fixes the offense. And the offense is just so – I don't want to – I mean, I do want to harp on it because it's 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 pitiful. It's hard to watch. It's There's no excuse for it. You have so much talent on the offensive side of the ball. And – He's not extracting any of it. And that's that's the huge issue here. The the big issue is there's not a lot of guys. There aren't any guys that are just like give them the ball and they can make their shot. And that's a lot of Cal's offense, you know. And I still think that could be successful. But on the other hand, it's like we had like a top three Ken Palm offense last year. So let's look at like what our seven man rotation is was last year. We had Sabir at the point, we had Ty Ty at the two, we had Kellen at the three, we had Keon at the four, we had Oscar at the five, Davion was our sixth man, Toppin was our seventh man. Savir is back, <clears throat> excuse me, Oscar is back, so the starting one and five is back. We simply just slide Toppin up, so then we lose Keon, we lose Mince, we lose Kellen, and we lose Ty Ty, but we bring in Kaysen for Ty Ty essentially. CJ comes back for like a Kellen or a Mintz. We bring in Antonio Reeves for the other of Kellen and Mintz. And then we have like a Chris Livingston or a sophomore Damian Collins to kind of be the four instead of Keon Brooks. Why was what was so successful last year with just exchange pieces? Some of them even look better. Like I feel like Kaysen should be better than Ty Ty. Why is the offense that were good last year, top three Kempom offense, can't even get like 50 points in a road game against Al? Like, what yeah. what was what is just not working anymore? I, I I truly believe it's just the the roster construction. I think a lot of our shortcomings as an offense or our yeah I guess our flaws of the offense last year were um 
hid hidden by by Oscar's offensive rebounding. Like that's where that's why our Ken Palm was so high. You go on any um Ken Palm, Bart Torvik, uh shot quality. I mean, we are up there because of our offensive rebounding. Like the underlying metrics state that. And this year, like Oscar, yes, he's still a good rebounder. But at the same time, though, I think our offensive pieces are worse. I think Kaysen as a whole is a worse offensive player than Ty Ty in terms of scoring. And I don't think that's like a bad state. Like I want people to really understand how good Ty Ty was when he wasn't injured. He was a very good mm-hmm. offensive creator. And Kaysen just with the ball in his hands, he's not that guy. He's a great catch and shoot guy. He's one of the elite off ball players in the country, but that only gets you so far. Um and that, that's what goes back to what I said earlier. Like, how are we using Kaysen? I feel like he's a really good knockdown shooter, and he's also, like, we brought him in for his defense. Like, that's what he was known for in high school. Yeah. And we can't even have him be playing hard on defense because we're asking him to do so much on offense. Yeah. And, like, I we're feel not like even it, doing Kaysen any favors. Right. I feel like Kaysen at the same time, though, like, I don't think a lot of his possessions are on ball. I, I forgot. I was looking at this out the other day, but it's not a lot. It's not, he's not doing a lot on ball, but – it's just more involved than you want him to be. But, and then you look at, like, I think our best lineup offensively has always had Antonio Reeves in it. Um, I just don't get the the infatuation with Cal is now playing three forwards. I mean, you should be playing realistically like one big forward. Now he's playing three of them. It's, you wonder why the offense looks terrible. It's, it's lineups. It's still scheme. Like, you know, what we ran in the first couple games of the year, you know, we ran far out spread. We had guys on the perimeter. It was open. It was, and I get we we're playing worse teams, but we go to, we play Michigan State. We revert back to good old Cal ball. You know, we're running floppy along the baseline. We were running three plays to get shooters open. It does, it's, I was thinking about this earlier with a roster like this, our offense to be so much more free flowing. You have the one of the fastest point guards in America, one, who's the best passer, or one of the best passers. He's the SEC's all-time assist leader, for God's sake. Like, you have that guy running around. Um, you have shooters all around with Reeves and Frederick, and, and now Kaysen, surprisingly, and Chris Livingston isn't a terrible shooter. And you got it. Everything just seems so jam. It's it's so like firm in in the the offense where it's like has to be like this it's robotic and it shouldn't be like that but i think you know later on in our conversation like further along but we'll get into that because i got a lot more in terms of the news and who I, you know replacements and whatnot so yeah to wrap up the alabama game um shout out saver wheeler casein i, I kind of give you a pass because you've been good a lot of games and you've had two struggle games now one against ucla one against alabama you're still a freshman but i kind of give the freshman a break through January, starting February, that's where I start really holding them accountable. Because, um, again, it is it is an adjustment period. We're, we're going to see freshman mistakes even past then. But that's where – that's your kind of blanket period, as long as you're still making progress, which I think he is. Um, Collins, I think we need to see him more at the five. But that, that that's kind of like my – the four, the five. Yeah. The, that's kind of like my lasting takeaways moving on from Alabama. And we're kind of starting to go into his Cal and – Here's the thing, 2010 through 2015, four Final Fours. One of the years that wasn't a Final Four was the John Wall year, which I think we only lost three games all year. I mean, incredible year. Best six-year run. Arguably of all time. <laughs> of all time under any head coach. Um, 
obviously like Kentucky had three national championship appearances in three years, but that was over two coaches. I'm just talking one coach at Kentucky, phenomenal six-year run. 2016, all right, we have a down year, round of 32, whatever. 2017, Elite Eight. 2018, Sweet 16. 2019, Elite Eight. For the people that were complaining about Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteens, um, that when people were complaining about that, that's why Nate Oates called us spoiled. But anyways, um, I don't blame Cal for Elite Eights. I'm not going to blame him for that. All right, Elite Eights are a good. That's a good season right there. In 2020. Cal looked like he probably could have had another Elite Eight Final Four. I mean, quickly, Maxi, Nick, we're all cooking. You know, we don't know, but they're in line for a three seed, so maybe Elite Eight, at least Sweet 16. Um, that's not a bad season. We won the SEC by three games. Moving on, COVID. Don't really blame Cal for COVID. Every blue bud struggled that year, all right? Duke didn't make the tournament. Um, North Carolina got lost the first round and they were terrible and North Carolina was also bad like the previous two years Cal's allowed one bad year in an unprecedented season I'm not mad at it it should have been better it shouldn't have been as bad as it was so a little bit blame on Cal um it's like strike one half not quite yet strike one you don't hold it against him no no and 2022 we were great injuries happened not really going to blame that on Cal all right this is the first season in 2013, I know we didn't make the tournament, but it was like sandwiched by like final fours and it came the year after a national championship. Not mad at that. This is the first year where I genuinely look at it and I'm like, Cal, this is your fault. This is your first real strike that's on you. I think the roster construction was bad. I've said it in group chats. I didn't say it publicly because I don't want to see like that downer fan like that's bashing the roster before we even get to see them play. And then we do see them play in the Bahamas and they look good regardless of competition. But I'm kind of just like, this roster is not set up to have enough wings. We're going to play Livingston at the three, and I don't think it's going to work. I don't think – I think Wheeler's a great point guard. I don't think he's a great point guard for how this roster is constructed. This is a slow the ball down, grind out defensive possessions, grind out offense possessions type of roster, and I don't think that matches what Wheeler can do. I don't think this roster matches what we want Kaysen to do. We're going to make him too much of an offensive option where I think he's more of just a well-rounded, really good player – we went to the transfer portal. We only get Antonio Reeves. I think we should have got two wings. We lost freaking Shaden Sharp for crying out loud. We're not going to replace that with one transfer. And you look at the four position. I think Jacob Toppin was going to have a better year than Keon Brooks. It's just I think he had more potential, but he's not. And but even even outside of Jacob Toppin, Keon Brooks, we let Bryce Hopkins go. You didn't prioritize him last year, even though it turned out he was good enough because we saw how he played against LSU and we're seeing how he's playing this year. That is on Cal. And then like there, there were too many roster mistakes in my opinion. There were just too many. You didn't look at the pieces to make them cohesive. You just got individual pieces and these guys are not playing to their strengths. And we let two really good players that are really helping their teams out right now, just walk. And I know both of them can help it this year. And like you said, the coaching has not been good this year. The talent that we have, when you return the National Player of the Year and what, who's going to be the all-time SC leader in assists, you should have a better roster than this. And we simply just do not have a better roster than this right now. And it shows that we have five losses and we're recording on January 9th. This is the first time I'm really going to say, Cal, this is on you. I'm not ready to say fire Cal yet. I know other people feel differently. I know you might feel differently, Scott, um, which is really convenient because Travis Branham of 247 put out today on a text message board um, 
that now that Chris Beard um, lost his job, he's an idiot. Um, don't beat woman. I can't believe we have to say that on a podcast, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways, uh, with the open spot, Travis Branham says, um, in quotes, he says, I noted Kentucky's John Calipari as a name to watch on Eric Bossy's list of candidates. And a source has told me that Texas has contacted Calipari already through back channels. I figure this will be denied on both sides. I live in Lexington and can tell you that the vibes aren't great now between Kentucky, the admin, fans, boosters, and Cal. I do I do suspect that if a competitive offer is made, then Cal would likely jump at it. <sighs> I'm I don't think any of us we're we're not gonna entertain fire Cal because we're just no, it's just not going to happen. Like, we can't pay to keep Justin Rogers in Lexington. We're not going to drop $50 million on a buyout and then have to pay the next coach $10 million. But is it time for Cal to leave and take another job? Scott, the floor is yours. Yes. Um, I love John Calipari. I love him a lot. I think I've even tweeted, I love him more than some family members. And <clears throat> I do. But I see a man who stubborn and doesn't want to adapt to the game of mounted basketball. I, I think he's had around five years to do so. Um, and I know people are going to disagree with this, but I've also some seen some people agree with this. So maybe I'm not that far off, but I don't think the 1920 team, like our freshman year, that team wasn't that good. Um, I get they, they only had six losses. They won the sec. They had a terrible schedule. They were bad offensively. They took, they made five threes a game. Ken Palm, every underlying metric stat thought they were garbage. I just I don't think they're so I'm gonna I'm gonna assume they don't win I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off the record that they don't uh make the final four or the elite because I don't think they would personally I think they were kind of bound to get upset early but anyways I think he's just he's not adapting to things that need to be adapted to um he's not modernizing his offense whatsoever he tried to do it for a couple games and said nope going back and. We're, we're now running, we're going backwards. Like, we're running three forwards. Like, there's no excuse for that. Um, and he just seems very oblivious to it. And that's the part that really gets me is, I've seen a lot of people talk about how, you know, John Calipari, he's won all this and he's won all that. And yes, absolutely. He's been amazing. I don't care about the results anymore. Um, you know, if we have four losses this year, but we're running good sets and we're doing good stuff like that, like, and I'm seeing an improvement and, and the offense looks better and things like that. I can live with that. What I can't live with is a team that's declining with a roster this good and the offense is getting worse. The defense is getting atrociously worse. It's it's not it's not a sign of a good coach. Um, and I've seen people talk about, oh, well, you know, the players aren't really like uh, you know, responding to him and what that that's that's a coaching like that that shows he doesn't have the players. And Look, with Cal, it's, he is a top three coach of all time in the UK. I don't think it's – that's you could even argue top two. Um, but, you know, you can't live off memories forever. And I think a lot of people are doing that, and that's fine. I wasn't a Kentucky fan during those years when they went to the Final Four and they won in 2012, and I wasn't. So I can't really, you know, go through all that and say that I was – you know, I have those memories. What I do remember is becoming a Kentucky fan and falling in love with teams like the 17-18 team, the 18-19 team is my favorite team of all time, um, and just loving John Calipari and what he is. But as you 
kind of progress. I mean, those achievements that he had were now eight years ago. It was 11 years ago since he's won the title. Um, basketball has changed a lot since then. The way that rosters are constructed or changed a lot then. Um, and he hasn't really – he's tried to adapt to the transfer portal, but he doesn't know how to coach these guys. And I don't think so, we'll ever see a team win, win one and done again. You know what I mean? So we kind of already see the roster construction for next year to an extent. I think there's one big variable that that's still missing, and I'll, I'll hear what you say before I go into that. But knowing mostly how the roster is constructed next year, do you think that it is in line for Cal to finally get back to what we need? Or do you think – because if I think it's fair at this point to say if Cal leaves, so is DJ Wagner, and then probably – I don't know if Dilly follows him, but Dilly probably goes like G League or something. I don't even know what Justin Edwards does. I don't know what Aaron Bradshaw does. Reed Shepard probably stays. Yeah, but our, I mean, Reed won't leave. <laughs> no. you, I but, could be head coach and Reed's not leaving. No. But uh, what what do you what what do you say to that? Uh, I guess counterpoint. I mean, if Cal stays, you get a year with Dilly, DJ, Justin, Aaron, four top. 10 freshmen you get three guys that can all get their own shots which works better in a cal system you get a true rim protector in aaron bradshaw which is probably not an overall upgrade in terms well definitely not an overall upgrade in terms of uh center and like over oscar shiwe but definitely both him and uganda are better defensively than oscar probably even right now so better I defensive center guards that can create their own shots four is the question mark that I don't know. Like, if Aaron Bradshaw's going to play the four next year, then fine, Cal, go to Texas. Like, seriously, like, I can't do this. Um, he, fucking, he might be. Like, he genuinely might be. I. But if Aaron Bradshaw it. is at center and we find some four, maybe Chris comes back, like, I'd roll with that roster. What do you say to that counterpoint? I don't think, and I've said it before, I think this recruiting class is getting overrated because of the stars that they have. And I know Pels tweeted something out, and it was very, people didn't like it, but part of it was true. Um, I don't think, you know, I, I was talking to KG earlier and he, you know, he knows a lot about recruiting and I told, I was talking and I was saying, you know, this class, like if it was like a normal, like in terms of skill level recruiting class, like I think Dilly's probably top 20. I think, um, talking about Brad, like if they were in 2022. Like a, yeah. Something like that. Like, cause 2023, we all know is a very weak recruiting class has been said to be weak. Um, I think a guy like Rob Dillingham might struggle a lot in college. He's mm-hmm. doesn't like contact, shies away a lot. And guys that get their own shots at Kentucky like to handle contact. Like De'Aaron Fox, for example, like he loved going through contact. Dilly is not that type of guy. Like, so let me say this: We see Case and Wallace. Do you think Dillingham better or worse, or about the same as Case and Wallace? Worse. What about DJ Wagner? The same. About the same. So we have two guards. One's a little worse. I'll, I'll say this. Um, in terms of like college production, fit, all of that, Dillingham or Wheeler, who's better? Wheeler. Okay. And then you say DJ Wagner, Case, about the same. They're going to be in the same role. I think Justin Edwards is a clear upgrade over everyone at the three. And then we talked about center. Probably overall worse than Oscar, but maybe a better fit. Definitely better defensively. Yeah. I But like, so it's not that much of an upgrade to begin with. And I think like, Dillingham has the potential to be like exponentially worse than a guy like Wheeler. Um, I think Wagner, I think he's going to struggle a lot with efficiency in college. And you also got to think like the way that Cal is now running his offense, like 
are these guys going to be that? Is he really putting himself in the right, uh, putting these guys in the right opportunities to succeed with the scheme and everything like that? Um, you know, we've we've kind of talked about how this year, like I've said, like dude, you could put Steve Nash at because everyone's like, oh, Kaysen's point guard one, no, Severe's point guard one. Um, you could put Steve Nash at point guard, and this offense isn't going to change that much because of the system that they're running and things like that. Like. You watch a guy, you watch another team like an Alabama or a Gonzaga or an Arizona, and the way they run their offense, it's like they're playing a different sport than us. It's, and that, that's why I'm, I, I think about the recruiting class. I'm like, I really don't know how much more you could extrapolate out of these guys with the scheme, the scheme that they're in and the, and the system that they're running. Um, so I, I really don't think it's that big of a difference. And I don't think the future of a program should be contingent on one single recruiting class. I think that's pretty silly. Yeah. And I, I feel like, where these guys do do a lot better is um, like if we get into like the situation, like LSU last five minutes, we're like up six, we need to grind out a win. That's where these guys would be better. Cause if you're looking at like five seconds left in a shot clock, who would you rather have Savir and Kaysen, or would you rather have Dillingham and Wagner? And that's when you would take Dillingham and Wagner. If there's like five seconds left in the shot clock and you just need someone to go in. He's like, I don't even a, know that. Up a mid range or that you can probably, Probably that that's we we, but you, it can't be much worse than what we're we've been seeing this year. I, I mean, I guess, but like, I just don't like. I it's hard to, to it's hard to say. Like, I get what you mean, and like, I guess yeah, but um, I'm not saying you're wrong. You know what I mean? Though it's just like it's hard yeah. to say say that and be like certain about it. Um, yeah, but I yeah, I'll I'll say this. I I want to see the class. I want to see it play out. Kel's been recruiting DJ Wagner his whole life. I've been. Wanting him to play Kentucky since he's been at eighth grade. I think the potential's at least there. I won't be at the University of Kentucky next year. So selfishly, like if they have not. a bad they have another bad season, I don't know. I'll just focus on my job or family or something like that. Like I don't have to live on campus and deal with it every single day. Um we're going fifteen and zero in football anyway, so it'll cancel out at the worst. But um shout out Devin Leary. But um let's say Cal does move on. We have to live in this, at least for me, sad hypothetical. Jay Wright's a big name thrown around. Do you think that's feasible? Personally, I think no. I think he's having a grand old time getting paid millions of dollars to talk about basketball on CBS. See, I don't know. Because I think, like, he hasn't said anything about it. Nothing's ever really come out about, you know, how he feels about returning. Um, <clears throat> I think $10 million can speak a lot to a guy, especially one who might be sitting on the sidelines and is like, wow, like, you know, I kind of missed this. And, um Hey, like, if he would be interested, like, you get him on a plane to Lexington immediately. Like, mm-hmm. he makes us exponentially. Like, Jay Wright with this roster, I don't even know what the hell would be. Like, we'd be in, we'd be top three. I, I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm, I genuinely mean that. And, um, so I think Jay Wright, I think that's a possibility. I've seen some other guys, like, yes, Chris Holtman is a real possibility. And that does scare me. And, like, I've had some, like, Illinois fans, like, tell me, cause I'm in their little, like, group chat. They're like, Dude, Chris Holman's such an elite coach, which just tells you how bad the the Big, Big Ten, Ten is. That yeah, like people think that Chris Holman is a good coach, but sounds like a hoodie uh, quote. Yeah, it, I don't I don't think it was hoodie that said. I think it was a ICA. But anyways, um, it's a uh, you know Chris out Chris Holman's out there. Um, Scott Drew, I know Brandon said it on one of the message boards. He would probably be number one. I'd be fine with that. I think right Drew. I don't think you'd see a drop off at all. Like I really don't. And people are talking about like, well, you wouldn't get the recruiting that Cal gets. And I'm like, that's okay. Get these guys like Wright and Drew. They recruit at a decently high level. Like Drew just picked up Keontae George. 
Jay Wright was getting top five classes consistently. You, I don't need 17 five-star freshmen. Uh, I want to, I want a coach that can recruit well, you know, Wright, Drew, I guess even Holtman recruits decently well. And I want a guy that knows how to deal with older players and bring in transfers and, and get the most out of them. And of course, run a modern offense. Um, and, and modern, modern, modern offense doesn't mean you're taking 33s a game. Modern offense just means spacing, prioritizing spacing, getting guys open looks, things like that. Um, go watch like a. There's full clips of former Villanova practices of Jay Wright. Look at what he preaches. He preaches as soon as you catch the ball, look to shoot. Like because when you when your first um, thought is to shoot, it gets the defender on his heels, and then you're able to unlock everything else. It seems like our guys when they catch the ball, they like freeze, like they just like they're like they're deer in headlights. You know what I mean? Like I wonder mm-hmm. what's going on. In, in those practices and what's being taught. Um, but yeah, I like Jay Wright. Yeah, come to Lexington immediately. Yeah, Jay Wright has like always been like, because I love Cal. I'm always biased because I'm a Kentucky fan. And I just always love Cal. But outside of Cal, Jay Wright's always been my favorite coach. I mean, those Villanova were so fun. And like, they were always like, it was like, all right, who do you want to, who do you feasibly want to win it all this year? Like, do you want, North Carolina, like our blue blood rival, or Villanova. And every time I'd be like, Villanova, like easily, like Villanova or Gonzaga. I'm like, screw Gonzaga. Like, I, 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 yeah, like give me Villanova. So, like, I always like rooting for them too. And Jay, Jay Wright would be a, a really fun coach. The one immediate thing that does come up for me for Jay Wright is a lot of like the success that he built on those championship, like Villanova teams, um, even like his more like recent teams, uh, like, Colin Gillespie was like his last really good player and he was like a fifth year starter. You look at like the championship teams like Jalen Brunson, Eric Pascal, Mikel Bridges. Uh, I'm blanking a lot right now, but you get the idea. Uh, Josh Hart. These are all multi-year players in the era of the transfer portal. If you're not getting guys that immediately produce um, may- maybe those guys that would want to come to Kentucky, you know, your traditional five-star talent, if they keep coming to Kentucky, Maybe if they don't immediately produce or get time and they're playing behind juniors, maybe they transfer out. Obviously, that goes two ways. You get transfers in return, but it seems like the I don't know. That that's an immediate concern that comes to me under uh one of two concerns. The first one is can we even get Jay Wright? Can we trust Mitch Barnhart to make a decision? And I don't know if I do that. The second one is if Jay Wright's here, how does he manage older talent in the era of the transfer portal? Yeah, um, sorry about that call, by the way. That was my mother. Um, oh, very nice. Yeah, shout out, Kathy. Anyways, uh, you know, and I, I think Cal, I don't want this to come off as, like, anti-Cal, but I think, like, the whole recruiting thing and getting all these one-and-dones and all the five-stars and putting guys in the NBA has kind of, like, brainwashed our, our, our minds in terms of how – what does success look like? You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't care if we win with – 15 five-year fifth-year players i don't care if we win with 15 freshmen um and if if kentucky ends up transitioning to a multi-year facility where you know we're elite every two years and in between those two years like we're good or we're like a three seed four seed like if you kind of look at cal's track record like that's kind of how it's been it's like one year we're one seed the next year three four five seed um kind of up and down like the road. Yeah, I mean there's ebbs and flows with it. So it's not that big of a difference. But at the end of the day, like I just want to win. 
I don't care if, you know, we could scrap the Kentucky effect wall that's in the, the big locker room. You know the one I'm talking about with all the players? Like, we could take that down. I don't care. We could, you know, I just want to win. And that's I think that's what my whole point is. I think that's what a lot of people's point is. And I think that if Kentucky, like I said, does end up transitioning to a school where it's you're there for, multi, for a lot of years and that's how you become better, then so be it. I, I'll be fine with it. Yeah, uh, one one interesting thing, though, is obviously the Texas job is open. Um, so, like, I wonder if, like, some of these names, like, let's say Cal does stick around for one year and he doesn't go to Texas. Maybe, like, the next guy that we thought we were getting at Kentucky, like, what if, like, Scott Drew moves up to Texas because he gets a pay bump? Or, uh, like, Musk. I think Musk would be a fantastic fit at Texas. Kind of, I, I think we're talking to our boy Connor Caldwell in the group chat um Dowell, if you're listening join us back in the group chat all right yeah we miss you we miss you i know scott probably annoys you a lot but we miss you i didn't even do anything this time whatever <laughs> but anyways uh connor had said that like muscleman going from arkansas to texas is kind of a lateral move like yeah it's going to be like not a blue blood but what will ultimately be a top five program in the sec once texas makes the conversion what's not lateral is going to be the pay grade like texas and this, like the new stadium that Texas just built, like you have way Sick. more, way more resources at Texas than Arkansas. So, anyways, um, like what if Muss went to Texas and then Cal leaves, and then we're like, well, we were hoping we could get Muss. Now Muss is getting paid eight million already at Texas, so we're not flipping him. Yeah, so that, that's an interesting point. But anyways, I hope I hope you, Scott, and the rest of BBN still join me here. Cal's not leaving midseason. He's going to be the coach, at least for the rest of the season. Yeah. And we have anywhere from two to three months left, hopefully much closer than three months. Let's stick with this team. The players need us. It's not looking good. The season might be bad. We might not make the tournament. It's or not as of now. We're hoping kind of like for like a 7-8 seed and just like a 2014 just type run right now. But let's stick with Cal. Let's support the players. They need us. Let's keep showing up the games. Let's try to get some sort of positive energy because we see that this team does feed off a of positive energy. When things go well, they go really well. But when things go bad, they go really bad. So let's try our best as fans to keep supporting this team. Scott, can you at least join me through there in terms of our... Oh, yeah. Point? Look, I'm not... And look, if we end up like a five seed at the end of the year, I will take back everything I said about Cal. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, nah, maybe not. I don't know. Some of it. I, some of it, yeah, but I just want to see. I was saying this in, in uh, you know, Ball Noise group chat where I was like, if Cal simply just adapted, I'd want him to die literally on Rupp Arena, like the Rupp Arena sideline. Like, I would be so fine with it. I just want to see adaptation. I don't hold the results against him because it's a, it's a weird tournament. You know what I mean? Things happen. Yeah. We were the best team in America last year and then injuries and then we lost to St. Peter's. We already know how that goes, but. Uh, I just want to see adaptation because that's that's the point that bothers me where it's, dude, like, just look around you. Like, look at what other teams are doing. And they're so much better than what you're putting out there with worse guys. Like, just look at this. I just, please. You know what I mean? And I think it's, you. he would achieve so much more with uh, uh, more up, up-tempo offense and more spread offense that prioritizes just being free-flowing and letting these guys, uh, letting these guys create for them, not create for themselves, but just be a little more, artistic in what they're doing i think a guy like reeves is being too boxed in by all right you have to be here and then you're only catching and shooting here and this is just bro like let the man do his thing let case do his thing let obviously severe is kind of doing his thing but um yeah i just i think 
we're at the point where it's, you know, we have a, do we have a fossil head coach or do we have a guy that's like, all right, I have to change a lot of things about the way that I view basketball. Um, John Calipari knows more basketball than all of Big Blue Nation combined. However, it it's at a point where it's like, dude, everyone else is saying this. You know, coaches are laughing at him. Like Mick Cronin laughed at him after the game, um, behind closed doors. Uh, you know, it, it it's kind of an issue. So, look, I I think there's a lot of people that are also saying, you know, well look at Indiana after they like, uh, you know, their head coach go or look at Nebraska football. You know, you don't know what's good until it's gone and things like that. And I understand that but there's a lot more success stories than, uh, um, horror stories. You know, I mean, Hubert Davis, say what you want. They went to a national championship last year and should have won it. Um, yeah. Who am I missing? Um, there's someone who just, like, I, I guess, you John know, Tommy Shire, Lo- John Shire makes it look kind of rough right now. Yeah. Uh, but he, he's also got a lot of freshmen on his team, and I, I don't really give Shire a lot, a lot of grief for that. But uh, look at a guy like Tommy Lloyd. Comes into Arizona. NCAA investigation riddled comes in once either first year and he's one of the best coaches in america it's it's not a matter of when cal leaves we're going to be screwed because i don't think that's the case look at these other schools oh um you know lsu for god's sake dude they literally lost everyone it's murray state 2.0 and yes they're not like an elite team but they're a very good solid team who will make the tournament be probably about a five four seed depending how the rest of the year goes but they're very good and we're kentucky like we have an advantage over these schools when they fire their head coach compared to like when we eventually let Cal go or Cal leaves or whatever, like we will have an advantage at, you know, that certain point. Um, so I, I just think the, I think there's a lot of memory clutching, which a hundred percent, I don't blame you. I'd be sad if, you know, when I grew up a Wisconsin fan. So like when Bo Ryan left after the final four, like that hurt, you know what I mean? But I think the program not that I'm really keeping up, but obviously they're doing very, they're doing well. And I think it was better for longevity. And I think we have to look at where we're at the past four or five years with Cal. And is it really up to the standard? No. Are we now kind of in the zone where it's like, dude, if we keep going on this path, like this is bad. Like this is going to be bad. bad. Like I think this time, if things keep going the way that they are, like we finish like a 10 seed, nine seed where it's like, you know, Cal, like mutually agree. Hey, Take the Texas job. Let's move forward. Thank you for what you've done. You've done. He's he took Kentucky in a very bad spot, and he's turned it into back into the top five program in the country that it is. And you know, it's now given the keys to another guy. So you, yes, the hire is important, but I don't want people. And one more, one more thought. I'm kind of rambling, but you know, I know if the if the uh the new hire eventually is terrible, if it is terrible, I know people are gonna be like, oh, we should have never fired Cal. Like, what a bad decision. That's not the case. That's not mutually exclusive. Is it, and this is going on the timeline of where we're at right now, if hiring or, you know, letting Cal leave, that is the right choice. Hiring a bad hire is the bad choice. You know what I mean? It's not, you know what I mean? So I don't, I just want to keep that narrative. Unless, unless there just aren't good hires available. Right. But I think there will be some good hires available from, well, like we don't know much, but I just think like, dude, you get paid a shit ton of money. But back, back to my point, do you trust Mitch Barnhart to make that hire? Because I don't. I'm not there yet. If Jay Wright was like, just like, oh, yeah, shoot, $9 million, sure, let's go. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, I would, I'd say yes. I'd say yes. I'd say, Cal, go get a pay, go get more money at Texas. Thank you for 13 amazing years. Um, Like, 
I'm not saying Cal leave, but I'd be fine either way, I guess is what I'm saying. Because yeah. if we, I do want to see his class. I want to see one more year of Cal. I think this is like the only year that I really blame him for. Because like I said, 2013, it was sandwiched by Final Fours following a national championship. If you're mad the year after a national championship, you need to be humbled. Um, like 2021, COVID year, unprecedented. All the blue buds sucked. Last year, injuries. This is the first year where I'm like, dude, you got handed a national player of the year returning, which hasn't been done since Tyler Hansborough, and they won yeah, the national the stacked roster. <laughs> like, yeah. like the, the base of the roster was stacked. I think he should have done better this offseason, and I said that in the moment. I fought Kyle Tucker on it for Twitter. Speaking of comeback, come back, Kyle. We miss you. Yeah, Some of you. us do. Um, anyway, but like, but, like, anyways, if Jay Wright was, like, right now, I'd be fine with it. If Jay Wright... After the DJ Wagner year, all that class, we got to see that come through. I'd be like, yes, please. I'd love that. But without knowing that, I'm just not ready if I'm sure. I got to know the options. I And I don't love any of the options yet. I'd like right. some of them. I'd be fine with some of them. But even with the options are good, I don't trust Mitch Barnhart to make the right one because I feel like we're just going to get like Chris Holtman. On the same level, though, you, you can't really know your options until the job becomes open. Like, look yeah. at it's a different sport, but look at college football this past offseason. Like, bro, the, like Brian Kelly to LSU and then Lincoln Riley to USC. Like, all these things opened up after, like, one guy lost his job and it was, like, a huge dom. Like, you never really know what's out there until it's out there. And I think Kentucky's will always be a super attractive job. I'll never understand how Billy Gillespie got the job ever in a million. I wasn't a, – Because the fans were kind of just like, well, let's go get a uh, – uh, Who's the Florida guy? Billy Donovan. Donovan. Like, let's just get Billy Donovan. And that, that's like the equivalent to Jay Wright. It's like, we have this great option. Let's go get him. Run Tubby out of here. Let's get the old coach out, even though he really isn't that bad. But Kentucky fans are Kentucky fans. And then you're like, you think you have this great guy. And he's just like, no. And then you're stuck with Billy Gillespie. So that's what I want. I don't know who like the equivalent of Billy Gillespie would be. I feel like Nate Oates would not be good here. I, I love Nate Oates. So I, I think Nate would be great. I think he's got the... Per- that was a good little rhyme. Anyways, I think Nate, I think he would do well with Kentucky fans. I think he has the charisma that, yeah. not to the level of Cal, I think he, personality-wise, like, some guys wouldn't like him, and that's just, like, how Calipari is, but I don't think he's to the level of Cal, but I think his off his philosophies offensively and they kind of align with, I think, a lot of, he recruits well, like I said, very good with the portal. Um, I think he'd be perfect, but. You know, you never, like I said, you never really know what's out there until it's out there. But I think in this day and age, everything spreads so easily. So I think you, I think people have to know, like, okay, like, I think Kentucky has to know what they're going to do with John pretty soon before, like, so coaches, other coaches can start seeing it and start preparing and being like, okay, yeah, I would, I would be interested in this job. But what's like an outside of the box guy that, like, not Jay Wright, not Moss, those are like the two big names, not Scott Drew. Like, what's one that you think, like, someone would drop their like 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 do you think kelvin like we get kelvin sampson no i think one guy and this like i said just pure just imagination but i do have some reasoning behind it is mark few i think mark few he's been at gonzaga for 20 some odd years um they aren't in a real conference i think he is (laughs) i mean it's true like and i love gonzaga um they're not in a real conference huge payday i think it's he'd have to play Gonzaga in Rupp Arena next year. That also is true. Um, I think Mark he, Few. He would have to play at the Kennel in five years. I know. Uh, that's that's kind of puts like I've thought about this a little bit, but I think like Mark Few is an underrated name. I don't think he would, but 
I also could see a world where he's like, like, damn, like I'm, I need to get to this point. Could you um, imagine Tom, if you like clown John Calipari for not playing in the kennel and had to like go play in the kennel? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> One more guy though, Tommy Lloyd. I would, I would throw the absolute bag at Tommy. I'd throw the the whole house. I'd give him a horse farm with twenty acres of land. I'd give him his own horse. I'd give him his own box at Churchill Downs. I'd literally whatever Kentucky can offer for him. I would to get him out of Arizona. I would do it, and plus ten million dollars, like. He's him. He's so good. Isn't it kind of crazy? Like, unless we get like, there's probably like one or two names, like a Jay Wright or maybe a Tommy Lloyd that might make more, but it's probably like an eighty percent chance whoever our next head coaches is not going to be making more than Mark Stoops, which is kind of crazy at the University of Kentucky. Yeah, I, I've already had my thoughts about it. I think it's ridiculous, but it is what it is. We haven't been able to talk for a minute. Um. People known you as like the negative football guy this past year, but it seems I, like you're. It seems like no. you like this next football roster. I tweeted this out. I said when the football team does good things in the off season, I tend to be more positive about the football team. I thought last season their off season was. I don't think they addressed a lot of things, and I think mm-hmm. they were very complacent in the quotes that they had. I was like, uh, guys, like, still got a lot to work on. But this year, like Devin Leary, um, who's the last guy? We just like something silver. Uh, the North Carolina. About the defensive, yeah, the defensive tackle. Yeah, him. That's huge. Um, that's a huge, like immediate, like one day after Justin Rogers. That's crazy. Yeah, like just really good pickups and they're addressing things. And I think, remember, I'll never forget this. And I want to, I want to brag about it a little bit. All right. So we had the old podcasters group chat, and I was like, I think seven and five would be great for this program because I think it would wake our coaches up. And lo and freaking behold, what happened? We went seven and five, and these coaches like, all right, f this, like. Devin Leary, you're here. Come here. Everyone's coming here. Like, they got their swag back. And look, the program outlook looks a lot better. They they woke up. And I don't blame them necessarily for getting complacent. And, you know, Kentucky's never really had success before. They had some good success. So, it's like, yeah, like, we're, we're doing great. But there's still a lot more to it. And so, yeah, I'm very excited for football. I'm more excited for football than I am for basketball for the first time ever. Solely because John Calipari might, be, might not be coaching here anymore, so it's like it's kind of in limbo. So once once I see who's the new hire, I might be a little more excited for basketball. But until then, um, I don't know. But like I think it's um yeah, it was a great off season. I don't hate football. I don't. I don't. I don't have any. I love when Kentucky football. My favorite memory at UK was rushing the field against Florida. Like bro, I felt like I was in a movie. Like it was the coolest thing ever. Does that make up for no postseason or not postseason? No NCAA tournament wins? Absolutely not, dude. When I came here, I thought I was gonna be like running like butt naked on State Street after winning a national champ. Like just absolute, <laughs> just like you know what I mean. Like that was my vision coming here, and it's probably not gonna happen. But um, I mean, still that Florida moment, like dude, that was the craziest night of my life. Like that was the most fun. Like I just remember sitting outside of line, I was like throwing up because i was so hammered and just like not even caring like everyone was like cheering me on like dude it was sick like uh it was just a great night and like so yeah i love football i love i love this team i love what they're doing i think we have i know we have like the hardest schedule ever created but it's it's gonna be a fun year and i think that you know i will be more positive i have no reason to be negative so yeah yeah very fair um Again, like I said earlier, let's try to be positive about this basketball team. If you want to 
Cal to leave. You don't care about the recruiting class. You want like more transfers coming in. Worry about that in hopefully after April 3rd, but worry about it whenever our season's over. These kids, Case and Wallace, Saber Wheeler, Oscar, Toppin, all them, Reeves, Chris, CJ, like they, they need our Damien, they like they need our support still. That's not done. Our fan, our job as fans right now is not to fantasize about Jay Ray. We can do that. We can we can have some fun on Twitter every once in a while and our own private podcast discussions. Um, but like still still keep showing up, still keep supporting this team, still keep showing the love of BBN because BBN is crazy. It could be that in the worst ways, it could be that in the best ways. People let's, are crazy. Let's try to be crazy in the best ways for the next two to three months. Like I said, hopefully closer to three. Let's do it. Yeah. That's all that's all we can do as fans. Yeah, and I I think about like Oscars. This is final year probably and you know, all these guys like, you know, let's just be nice to them. Like you know, <laughs> that sounds silly, but just be nice. Like they're going through it too and they've already talked about how they see the stuff on Twitter and Instagram and it gets to them. So it's hard to remember at times that they're kids. I'm their age, so I feel like I could, you know, still give them shit. But like if you're a fifty year old man that's you know, adding severe will or yeah. Someone telling them like, "Oh, you're fuck, you're a bum, like get out of Kentucky, like bro, you're like, come on, like, you know, just go easy on them, because I know that they're going through it, and they want, you know, it's hard for them. They want to, they want to be undefeated. They want to be top ten. They want to do all this, and they're working at it. Um, let's just hope our coaching puts them in the right spots, and everything will improve, because I think that's where we can improve the most. Yeah, the 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 other thing is like on like from the aspect of the players, like if. Cal isn't here. We're probably going to have a huge roster turnover. And if Cal is here, you know we have five or four and a half five-star freshmen coming in, like depending on what recruiting service you see with Reed Shepard. But like there's not like going to be like spots for like 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 Oscar, you're a senior. Uh, Saber, you're a senior. Topper, you're a senior. Reeves, you're a senior. CJ, you're a senior. Like, if you guys, like, there, there's not spots for all of you to come back. So, at this point, it's like, you need to actually start balling your asses off and be, like, an NBA draft pick. Like, Oscar, you came back to be, and Top, and you came back to be. Neither one of those guys are NBA draft. Like, both their stocks dropped since the offseason. Like, if you want it, like, like Top, and you're probably, like, you're not probably going to start next year. Like, we, like we're going to have, maybe he will, I don't know. Maybe that's a bad example, but, like, I don't know. Like the, like Reeves, Reeves is a better example. CJ, you're better. Like we have DJ and Justin and Dilly coming in, and Reed come. Like there's not going to be just like spots where you take a bunch of shots at the wing. Like now's the time. Like if you want to go pro, if you want to make it at the next level, now's probably the time you got to go. Because yep. we're we're not going to have seven roster spots for seven guys to return. We might have like one or two rotation rotation pieces. It doesn't include what we might get in the portal. So like it. I know the season might seem over as a team, but like individually, like Oscar, you got like you're costing yourself millions, maybe tens of millions of dollars down the road by what you're doing with your draft stock right now. It seems like he like I get the frustration because we should be better, and he's the best player on the team, and he's not playing what he wants to. But at the same time, it's like we need better view as the best player on the team. We need you to be a better leader. We know you're a great human. Everyone in BBN loves you for a reason, but like you're not doing yourself any favors right now. No, he is, and I've said it before, Oscar is my biggest disappointment, not because of the play, it's because of the attitude I see from him. And I forgot what game it was where he was like, oh, this team 
like it's not where it needs to be like internally and it's like well dude every time you give up a basket you're looking around with your hands in the air blaming someone else or you miss a layup and you throw your hands in the air and you, you what accountability are you taking you know what i mean that's kind of because we both played sports you know what i mean like i, I had a, a couple teammates who it's like dude blame yourself for once like why are you it, you know what i mean so it's it's that's my in terms of all the players i think i've been most disappointed in oscar and it's a thing where it only he can fix it. A coach can't – he can't – like, Cal can't fix that. Bruiser, Chin, Orlando, they can't fix it. And I'm honestly at the point where it's, like, send a message to Oscar by, like, benching him. Like, not benching well, didn't him. Didn't we do that last – didn't we take him, like, three minutes out of the Alabama game? No, don't even, like, start him. Like, sit his ass on the bench until he – because mm-hmm. we saw this We saw this thing with Huggins, and Huggins said it before, and we all laughed at Huggins. And now we're kind of seeing it's, like – Okay, well, that kind of looks a little bit like what Huggins is talking about, and it's like, well, well, you know what I mean? So I don't think it would be a terrible – obviously, don't not play the guy. It's freaking Oscar Sheway, but send him a message. Yeah. Be like, bro, like you got to change your mental right now. Set hard screens or just set like a normal screen. Um, Do the things that require like really good effort that you know, don't impact your box score. Type Scott, stuff what, like that. what other player that was supposed to have a really big season – that's a returning senior. Did we do that too? Jacob Toppin. And what did he do? Like the three games after we stopped playing and we started playing Lanceware, had the two best games of his career. Yeah, he was good. Maybe that's all he needs. Get your mind right and get back in there and ball out. Yep. Anyway, so you got my sport squad. If you're listening to this basketball team, sorry if we ripped in you a little bit, but we want better. We know you can be better. That's why we're that's why we're hard on these guys. We were hard on Jacob Toppin. And we saw why. Because you put up back-to-back 20-point performances. We know you got that. Oscar, we're hard on you because you're the freaking national player of the year, and we know you're the best player in the country, and we want you playing like it. And we know that this team, the fit might not be perfect. I know I've said that a lot. But we know we should be better than, what, freaking 10-5 and five right now? And getting five blown and out? Two. Getting blown out three times? We're better than that. So that's why we're hard on you. We want more. But you're going to have my support either way. I'll be in Rupp. In line three hours for the game, as always, four hours for the game, screaming my ass off as soon as we get indoors because I support my squad. I hope you all do the same. Any last words, Scott, before we get out of here? Yeah, Courtside Connect will be back in Rupp Arena. I have not been in Rupp in like a month and a half. Miss it. And I'm excited, dude. Like, it's kind of sad. Like, my last semester of being in the eruption zone, it's going to be crazy. But, you know, let's just cheer these guys on, like Zach said. Um, you know, these guys have given up a lot to be here and they work their asses off practicing every day. And one thing about this team, I don't think they it's I I really don't think they're not giving effort. I think they are giving effort or most guys outside of Oscar. They're busting their balls. So, you know, keep supporting them and I think I think this year we could turn it around. I really do. I think there's too much talent on this roster not to, too much experience not to. Um and yeah, we'll see where we go from here. But no matter what, what, keep supporting these guys. Just do what we say and we'll get better. Cal, listen to me. <laughs> but uh, thank you for listening to the Courtside Connect. We, I know we've been posting pretty sporadically, but hopefully this is the start of more consistent posting. We wanted to post after the game on Saturday, but you all saw what happened. We weren't ready to talk about that. But hopefully Saturdays moving forward, we could recap some games. We'll have a big one at Tennessee this next weekend. Um, and, yeah, I actually have a job, so I'm, like, not, like, stressing out super much about school anymore. Still going to try to keep good grades, of course, but uh, some stress has come off. I got a busy schedule, but we're going to try to make this 
a priority because Courtside Connect listeners have been great. So shout out y'all, y'all the goats. For real. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. And as always, go cats. Go cats. Just need to clear my mind.